Vilma is here and she'll be leading the service um, in a few moments. Amen. Please be seated. As I said, our reading is from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me... You can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. Showing yourselves as my disciples. And this is a very well known passage. We've read this loads of times um, in our Christian journey. And it's a, it's, these are Jesus' words. And just to put it in its context, these verses are part of Jesus' final farewell, farewell speech to his disciples. The conversation takes place on the night of the Last Supper. So as he broke bread and drank from the cup and reminded them what he was doing for them, he told this, this um, he, he, told, he gave this metaphor. And this is also one of the last, um, well, the last I am sayings in John's gospel. His earlier sayings focused on Jesus being the giver of life. For example, he said, I am the bread and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And his invitations were for everyone to believe in him. Now... At this time, he speaks to those who already believe in him. And they are called to make sure they remain in him. They don't forget him. This, of course, is not a parable. As I said, it's, a sto- it's not a story. It's a metaphor. And it highlights the intimacy or the intimate relationship that Jesus calls his disciples, he calls us to have with him. I am the vine, and you are the branches, he says. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. This, in short, is a call to discipleship. We are to live our lives 
in this intimate relationship with our Lord. And in return, he lives in us. To his disciples at the time, so when they were around the table eating dinner, to them, this metaphor of the vine was very significant. Because in Jewish thinking, the vine was Israel. To them, the vine was their nation, Israel. Now, Jesus is saying the vine is not Israel. The vine is him. He is the new Israel. And his disciples are the branches. So there's, there's a complete different way of thinking. It's taking Christ and believing in him. So this is where his disciples have to make decisions and where all the Jews at that time had to make decisions. And we know how the story goes. But now Christ himself is the vine. Personally, I love it when Jesus uses the natural world around him as metaphors, because especially in gardening, because I love gardening, Um, And I love my garden, and I have learned over the years that for things to grow, they need to be cut back. They need to be pruned. They need to be pinched. And even in some severe cases, um, the branches need to be sawn off because they're either diseased or because they're dead. And all these things need to happen for a plant to survive, for a plant to actually grow and and really become its true self. So a rose that's not looked after just becomes this tangled mess. And it may have roses, but they're only little tiny roses. And it gets diseased and everything. But when it's pruned and looked after, it produces beautiful roses. So, you know, so for, for a, flat, a plant to become itself, it needs to be pruned and, it, and, and, and looked after. Be it a flowering plant or a fruit plant or a vegetable plant, they're all the same. They need to be looked after. If left to grow without control, a plant will get straggly and tangled and grow in on itself. It just becomes a mesh of uncontrollable greenery. Vines in particular um, just waste their energy on, on growth and they don't produce fruit. Likewise, as disciples of Christ, for us to grow to become our true selves, who we really are, We need to remain connected to Christ. This is what he's calling us to do. Within this relationship, God can tend to us. He can nurture us and prune us and cut back all the things that are not right if he has to. So as we remain in Christ, believing in him and the one who sent him, Living in obedience to his teaching, God the Father cuts away those things that hold us back from growing in Christ. Those, I don't know, idyllic images perhaps that we have of ourselves. Some of us live um, 
you know, worrying about what we look like or what we wear or whether we have the right BMI or not. So, are we overweight? Are we underweight? Are we this? Are we that? We have those worries in us and we live our lives in that tension. We live with fears and anxieties that often have no firm foundations. We live with anger and resentment because of what's been done to us or what has not been done for us. We live such busy lives that more often than not, our relationship with Christ becomes something that is head knowledge with very little intimacy. And those are the offshoots, if you like, that grow and sap the goodness out of the plant. They produce nothing, only unnecessary growth. They produce nothing but frantic um, running around, busying ourselves, thinking we're doing all the right things. But the intimacy there with Christ is not there. The more these are trimmed off, the more of the life of the vine, that is the life of Christ, will flow through us and help us to grow into our true selves and be fruitful. Part of the good news here in these few verses is that when we remain in Christ, God the Father takes the time to snip and trim away those things in our lives that take away our focus from Christ, that take away from being everything that God hopes for us to be. Now, this may sound uncomfortable, but if we think about it, this too is an intimate process. Because as one commentator puts it, and I love this, the vine dresser is never closer to the vine, taking more thought over its long-term health and productivity than when he has a knife in his hands. How wonderful to think that we are so valued by God that he takes the time to help us grow and be fruitful. This is what he wants us to do. He wants us to stay in unity with him in Christ so that we can become who we are. Not somebody else, not something else, but just who we are, our very true selves, like a beautiful rose has been pruned back and trimmed and has beautiful flowers. Now, the fruit that Jesus mentions in these verses is not so much a product as it is a byproduct. In other words, our gold is not to abide in Christ or to remain in Christ so we can bear fruit, but it's because we remain in Christ, because we abide in Christ, that we bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, he says. To be connected to the vine means that the life of Christ is flowing through us. 
And that is what leads to, the, to fruitfulness. So the relationship Jesus is calling us into is not one of productivity, but one of connect, connectivity, relationship, and intimacy. Fruit, or the lack of fruit, is not the point of the relationship, but the evidence of the health of the relationship. Fruitfulness is the outcome of an interior spiritual life with Jesus. So do you see, it's not about the fruit, although Jesus speaks about the fruit, but the fruit itself. We will just grow to be our true selves when we allow God to trim off all those things that actually are stopping us from being our true self. So how do we develop this intimacy with Christ? How do we remain in Christ? Well, probably by doing all the things that you're hopefully doing every day. Praying, reading the Bible, and this could be through your daily devotionals. In whatever form you do it, that's how we remain in Christ. That's probably what you're doing already and throughout your lives you've been doing. And you could see how God is shaping you. But sometimes we let the world shape us as well. And so we need to come back. Come back and be rooted again to that vine to make sure we're on the right track. Make sure you take the time out to listen to what Jesus may be communicating communicating to you as well. So often we pray and do all the talking that we forget to listen, to just sit at Jesus' feet, as it were. Personally, I find those quiet times the most fulfilling and the most energizing. As we remain in Christ, the promise is that he will remain in us. This remaining in Christ is our life's journey. This remaining in Christ is how we grow spiritually. This remaining in Christ is how we change through the loving, nurturing, and pruning from God the Father, who is committed to helping us grow as he prunes and trims off all those things in our lives that prevent us from bearing fruit that prevents us from growing. This remaining in Christ is how we eventually become our true selves, one with Christ, one with God, and one with one another. The alternative to remaining in Christ does not bear thinking about because apart from him, Jesus says, we can do nothing. We would be like a branch that is cut off from the vine and thrown away. It just withers and dies and is no good for anything except the bonfire heap. But verse 7, if we remain in him and his word remains in us, there's a further promise. He says we can ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. And very often we think, wow, that's amazing. Is that right? Can we ask whatever we wish and it will be given to us? I have prayed many times for many things that have not been given to me at all. 
I could tell you. But if you think about it, what do you think our prayers would be like if we were in total harmony with Christ and his living word lived in us? What do you think our prayers would be like? Would our prayers be preoccupied with our desires? Would they be preoccupied with, with ourselves, with what we want, with our wishes, as it were? No, God the Father would have pruned those concerns away. Would our prayers be concerned with any fears and anxieties that we would have? Again, no. They too would have been pruned away. I I suspect for those whose lives are in harmony with Jesus that their concern would be only whatever Jesus' concern is. That's what their prayers would be like. I say theirs because I'm not there yet. But this is what I suspect, that the prayer would be only what Jesus himself is praying. What was Jesus concerned with? Well, Jesus spent his time on earth revealing who God the Father was to the people around him and sharing his life and love so that people would know him and be saved. That was Jesus' concern, salvation for all of God's creation. And I suspect that his thinking has not changed. So that is what it would look like if we were in true harmony with God. Our thoughts and concerns would be his thoughts and concerns. But saying that, we are encouraged, yes, we are encouraged to pray all kinds of prayers, and we do just that. And we trust in the love compassion and grace of God. We don't have the promise that he will answer those prayers. We have the promise that he will answer the prayers if we remain in him and remain in his word. So if we're connected to him. But the other prayers, they are prayed with the trust that we pray them to a God who's loving, who's caring, who's compassionate, who's gracious. And so we trust in his answering our prayers. But how wonderful if our focus was praying that the Lord would give us the opportunity to share the word that lives in us. This would be to the glory of God whose desire is that everyone in Christ grows to bear much fruit. So... As disciples of Christ, we are called to believe in him and the one who sent us. So there is this doctrine, this head knowledge. To live our lives in obedience to his teachings. So this is our ethical values. And the spiritual side. To remain in him. That is to enter into an intimate spiritual relationship with him. Where God and you are connected. This harmony and connection with God will bring our thoughts and prayers in line with him. So it's a wonderful passage and a reminder 
that, yes, we are to believe in Jesus and all that he did. Yes, we are to live our lives as he has, as we know, as he has told us how to live our lives in obedience to the way he, he taught. But we're also to remain in him. We're also to have this special, intimate relationship with him, taking time out to be in his presence, taking time out to listen to what he is saying to us, taking time out to just connect with God. Now, but from personal experience, I can tell you, this doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't happen. It's a life journey. And there are seasons in my life where I have noticed very little growth as God has been cutting so much of my, I don't know, selfishness or my preoccupied self-way of being, I don't know, thinking about myself. So there's no time for growth when I'm focusing on what's going on around me and what, what I'm doing and what have you. So there's been times where nothing has happened. But equally, I can see small growth in me as I learn to put away those concerns, those fears and anxieties. And that encourages me to keep close to God. So, I encourage you also to remain in Christ, to have this intimate relationship with him. You know him, you know about him. Now make sure that you're connected with him so that you can become your true selves and be fruitful. Amen? Shall we share the grace together? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.